Welcome to Explore the Space. We're digging into healthcare issues that matter most. Our guests and conversations mine these issues for perspective and answers. There is a gulf between healthcare and our communities. This is the place to talk about it. Now here's your host, Dr. Mark Shapiro. Welcome back to Explore the Space. This is a fun one. Been looking forward to this topic for a long time. We are going to talk coffee today. We are going to talk all about the lifeblood of medicine, the lifeblood of society in a lot of ways. We're going to go deep on coffee, and I cannot wait. Larry Israel is a hospitalist like me, and he is doing some really interesting and important work, quite honestly, with coffee as his most powerful lever. And so we're going to do a bit of a deep dive, and I can't wait. Before we jump into this highly caffeinated, highly charged conversation, just want to invite all of you listening, please check out the website, www.explorethespaceshow.com. The whole archive of Explore the Space is housed there. Our four pillars of learning are housed there. You'll find the incredible guests, conversations, and topics all there. It's really turning into a, a wonderful ecosystem. There's so much valuable material in there, and I would love all of you to come and share it and take a look around and have some fun with it. You can find me on Twitter, at ETS Show. I'm very active on Twitter. I love engaging with my audience. I love hearing about things you want to hear more of, things we can do better, ways we can improve the show. You can email me anytime, mark at explorethespaceshow.com. You can find Explore the Space on all of your favorite podcast platforms, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you like to download your shows, go get them. It's, it's just really great to have all of you listening and good to have you for this conversation. So before we start, I want to just ask all of you who are listening, pause the show, go to the kitchen, brew yourself up a cup of your favorite brew. I've got a cup of my Rwandan single origin. Larry's got a cup of something that he'll tell us about in a minute. So pull up a chair. This is going to be a lot of fun. Larry, I'm excited. I'm about to get super wired. This is going to be great. Welcome. Thank you so much. It's so great to be here. So, Larry, what are you drinking? What's in your cup right now? As we're about to start on this on this brave endeavor, what are we drinking? I actually have the same thing as you, surprisingly. Our, my newest coffee is the Hippocrates Oath, which is a, a Rwandan single origin. Super fresh and delicious. It has these like really nice citrusy tasting notes that I, I really, really like. It's just too good. So, let's start. let's start broadly. Let's start from the top. You and I do All similar right. work. You're a hospitalist. You're an attending. That's right. That's right. We are in the hospital all day, every day. We're busy. Sometimes we work long hours. Sometimes we don't. Sometimes the day isn't too bad. Mm -hmm. There are a couple things that are consistent every single day. One of them is we're going to interact with our patients and their families and our teams and our colleagues, and we're going to do the best that we can to take care of the patients that we're responsible for that day. We're going to work hard to improve quality and safety. We're going to work hard to promote a good experience for people moving through the hospital experience. Those are all the staples, but there's another staple. We're going to drink coffee. That's we're right. All going to be drinking coffee and we're going to drink a lot of it. So let's start from the top for you on the day to day. What is the role of your cup of coffee as you move through a day in the hospital? Yeah. Well, you know, uh, no, once I started really getting into coffee and enjoying the inherent flavor that it offers, not just a warm, you know, beverage with caffeine in it. Um, I really started taking more time. So, um, my girlfriend makes fun of me, but every morning I, I make a pour over, uh, with, with some, uh, one of the Theo coffees. And then when I, I bring it into work. And so the first real role it plays for me is kind of 
providing my routine and comfort when I'm pre-rounding on the patients in my office, you know, going through their labs, what happened overnight, any acute issues. And then, you know, I go see the patients, uh, write my notes, do some other administrative things. And then it comes back around 1 or 2 p.m. Again, when I'm following up on what's been going on in the day, I usually brew a second cup. I have a nice little counter kettle at my office, oh, that's which nice, I also that's, get made fun of for. Yeah. But, but, you know, the alternative is either to buy a coffee at our hospital, which I'd imagine it's like other hospitals. It's very, you know, average at best. We also have this, like, the free kind of Keurig alternative, which is, like, coffee in these little bags that are stale and nasty that I don't enjoy at all. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, yeah, so I have decided that I'm, I'm going to – I don't care what people say. I'm going to do it. I'm gonna, so at, office, at my office, I do a French press, and at home, I do a pour-over. So you are at a, a high level, but – we know that all of our teammates too, right? It's, it's ubiquitous. The cup of coffee is everywhere in the hospital. And I think everyone will have their own opinions of why that is. I think we can lay in shared understanding. Sometimes you're just tired and you do need that boost. It's, it's a caffeinated drink. Good to go. But there's lots of caffeinated drinks out there and none of them have the purchase in our culture in the hospital and in healthcare. And really quite honestly, in so many other industries, what do you, what would be your, kind of first take on unique to healthcare. What is it about the, the, the shared experience of coffee when we're doing our work as healthcare providers that makes it so ubiquitous, so important and so tightly felt? Yeah. I mean, I think like you said, certainly the, the tough hours really um, make it more likely that you're going to drink coffee, especially you know our surgery colleagues or people that are up at three, four in the morning. I think that certainly contributes to why, we all drink it so much. Also, I think we really value the routine aspect of it. You know, um, medicine can be so unpredictable and you know, you're dealing with a lot of difficult situations on a day-to-day basis. So at least for me, it's just a nice morning ritual. It's comforting. I put on some, you know, relaxing music or whatever I'm feeling that day as I pre-round to try to at least tamp down the stress level a little bit, you know. So I think that's a big part of it. And I think just in our culture in general, the the idea of drinking something that stimulates your brain, that makes you feel more energized, is just very um, sought after, very well accepted as, as kind of a nice, fun thing to do. I really like that idea of it being a ritual because it's ritualistic for me as well. Before the chaos of the day, I enjoy my cup of coffee. I'm the same as you. I, you know, I've pour over in the morning, occasionally an AeroPress if it's a special treat day and I have a little extra time, but single cup Uh pour over into the mug. But I spend some time with it. I don't rush it. I try to carve out, you know, 10, 15 minutes, enjoy my coffee, you know, read the newspaper, read read the online newspaper, catch up on some sports, do something just a little, just a little time, but Uh also savor the flavor, savor the smell, like make it feel special. But as the day goes along, it's for me, they feel like landmarks. They feel like touch points. When I feel like it's time for a coffee, there's a sense of accomplishment with, I gotten a lot done. Let's have a coffee. Exactly. A bunch Even- of work has been completed. Good things have happened. Tough things have happened. Whatever the case may be, let's just have a coffee. Let's take a minute. Let's gather ourselves. Mark, just catch up with yourself. Look at the list for the day. What still needs to be done? What's been done? But just, it's a touch point. And, I, and the coffee really helps me with that. 
the the other part for me that really resonates, I like bringing people a coffee. Mm-hmm. When you surprise someone with a coffee at any point in the day, they light up. You know, you bring oh, it's in such a nice little touch. Yeah, totally. If you have a meeting and they walk in and there's coffees, people are just even if they don't drink it. Oh, cool, thanks, man. I don't drink yeah. it, but that's still really nice of you. I love that. <laughs> yeah, it's really really holds a special place. I mean, I guess to some degree, it's similar to wine or beer in the after hours out of work setting. That it's just it has a kind of a stimulatory or some sort of effect on our brains that people seek out. But I think coffee is really, really uh, on its own in that regard. I, I agree. And I think that that's probably why it has such a hold on us where it's communal, it's shared. It, it, it's, it's, a, it's a deep breath in the middle of a busy day. Uh, and I think that it's, you know, it's social. Uh, it, it carries all of those nice connotations. And I think that that's a, a big part of why. And I think people who are listening probably have a ton of opinions and, you know, we're going to, we're going to be on social media and I want to want to hear from you. I want to hear these other great things of why your coffee during the day resonates. That'll be, it'll be interesting to see what people have to say about this. Cause certainly you and I have no monopoly on why the <laughs> coffee matters and why it's important. Sure. You've gone to another place with, with your coffee experience though. You have created Fio coffee and I love the name. It's P H E O. And first of all, the name. Tell tell us about Theo Coffee, and then I want to talk about why, but just the origin of the name, because there's some good subtext there. Yeah, so uh, I'm, I'm attending now, but just last year, I was finishing up my residency, and in um, August of 2017, I was rounding with my endocrinology attending, and we had a patient with uh, pheochromocytoma, which if you don't know, it's basically a condition where your body secretes too much adrenaline and you have the effects, your, 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 the effects of that are manifested as high blood pressure, tachycardia, but also this jittery sensation, either your hand, sometimes your hands physically are jittering or sometimes they just, the patients express the sensation like they're uneasy, like, and, and I was, we saw this patient, which, you know, is really rare and really, really fortunate that I got to see that as a resident. But as I was leaving the room, I was just thinking to myself, man, she looks like she had five cups of coffee, you know? And, and then that's really how the idea started. I was kind of like half jokingly texting my friend, my medical friends about it. And they all like laughed out loud. And, and I was like, huh, maybe, maybe there's something here. So I have a history in trying to start various companies around medicine, and I, given my background in roasting my own coffee beans, um, I thought, what if I could, I don't know, turn this into a business that that I could have some good social mission related to medicine, and that's really how it started. Uh, is really simple, really basic uh, beginnings that you know morphed into something much bigger. So talk about that need for it to have a social impact beyond, you know, people getting a premium cup of coffee that they'll really enjoy. There's more to Fio coffee. And and I think that there's some real nobility in what you're trying to do. So walk us through the process, not so much of starting a business, but the linkage that you've done and the mission behind Fio coffee. Yeah, well, you know, I'm sure most of your listeners have heard of companies like Tom's or or other companies that have uh, that are for profit entities that have 
a, a real good mission uh, behind them. Like Tom's, if you're not familiar, they donate uh, shoes whenever you buy a pair of their shoes. That actually gotten them into a lot of trouble as they started to grow because they were basically destroying local economies uh, because they would just be giving these free f- shoes to, to you know local villages and then the local shoemakers couldn't make them any money. So they slowly uh, switched over and now they, among many other things, they basically help local shoemakers and other companies in the countries. So I always wanted, if I, when I do start a company, I always wanted, one, I wanted to be something related to my career as a physician and two, something that would, you know, contribute to the greater good. I, I think if you're going to invest so much time and effort in building a company, it's just nice and it, it just provides some added motivation if you're really helping other people. So that's really what, what I wanted to do. And I had lots of different ideas domestically what to do. You know, obviously we have plenty of our own problems with our healthcare system here and funding it and things like that. But I saw it as a much more linear path if I could work with with organizations abroad. One, because the cost of surgeries is so much cheaper that I could actually feel like I could actually make a difference in many people's lives with coffee sales as opposed to here, you know, one surgery is, what, $20,000, not going to make a huge dent in that. I, I reached out to this company called Watsi, which is a nonprofit, and they are also an amazing company. They're basically a Kickstarter for healthcare. So they have uh, relationships with a bunch of different healthcare facilities abroad and patients that are in need of surgeries um, and fa- from families that can't afford it. And so they get to have a photo, they have their basic story, and then people can just go onto Watsi and donate a dollar, ten dollars, or they can donate the whole surgery cost. And then you get updates um, as as the progression happens. Like once the person has a surgery, how are they doing? They have after photos. And so I thought it was a really beautiful solution to um, funding healthcare abroad and so simple. And so I reached out to them and said I wanted to basically partner with them and and uh, take the funding of certain people's surgeries under the umbrella of Theo Coffee, which they're very excited to do. So now when someone goes to your website, they go to pheocoffee.com, mm-hmm. P-H-E-O mm-hmm. coffee.com. They look at the choices and I'm, I, I just, I'm, I'm in delight when I've looked at them. They're so great. <laughs> Florence Nightingale's Butterfly, Wilhelm Rentgen's X, right. Dr. Olivier's Nor Epi. I love that one. And then of course, Hippocrates Oath. These are so great. The art is incredible. But when they they make a purchase, they decide they subscribe, they buy one bag, whatever the case may be. What happens to that money? Yeah, so, um, well, like any uh, business, you know, part of that goes into our revenue, the other, and then, but a portion of every purchase goes towards uh, funding a surgery from that month. So basically, every month we take our revenue, take a percentage, and go on to Watsi and fund various surgeries. And then, Every order from that for for the following one month will receive a card with the story of the person that their actual coffee is funding. I really wanted to make it as one to one as possible in that you you buy a coffee and you can see the act where your actual dollars are going to this very one person. Another company that kind of inspired me in that realm was Charity Water. They're 
uh, actually a nonprofit, but they do an amazing job of uh, providing clean water to the world. They've helped millions and millions of people now. Um, but what they do is if, if you donate, they show you like the exact well that your money is going to. They, they give you updates. They show you videos of, of it being made, things like that. So I thought that was really cool. I wanted to harness that for, for coffee orders. So like I said, when you get the order, it gets delivered to you two to three days after you order it freshly roasted probably within three to four days and um you get a card with with the person's story you're helping when what feedback have you gotten from people because as i hear you describe that and i've spent a fair amount of time on your website and i've i've read those testimonials that that's a unique consumer experience i would suggest and i bet you you have gotten some feedback across the spectrum what sort of what sort of perspective do people give you when they order a cup when they order something from you and they they get that story and they realize that it's not just about helping a small business but they're actually impacting someone they're actually impacting the long-term health of somebody that they'll probably never meet what happens with that yeah i mean well from the start i really wanted to make an experience when when the coffee is delivered to you when i was doing my market research i ordered various coffees from like the leading competitors and i just felt like for the most part there was zero effort or thought put into the delivery and how it arrives at your door is usually folded in this crappy bag uh, you know the there's nothing really special about the packaging i sometimes don't know when it was roasted so that's one thing first that i really tried to do the opposite of where when you open one of the field boxes what we try to do is create this basically time capsule to the past um, in kind of homage to these physicians or nurses or whoever it may be that we're honoring. So there's really vintage labeling. We have vintage uh, tissue paper. Um, and so when you open the box, that's the first thing you'll notice. The second thing you'll notice is the card of, of whoever your coffee went to fund and really trying to create like a visceral, um, you know, visceral reaction to, to, getting people to realize that if they just switch over to our coffee versus someone else, you'll still get I would arguably the same quality of coffee, if not better, but you also get this really great feeling that you're actually directly helping someone. So a lot of people have reached out and, and said how much they love those cards. And, you know, a lot of, we've gotten a lot of subscriptions where people said they've switched from blue bottle or other companies just because of those cards. So that tells us that we're really onto something special. I think you are onto something special and it's, it's really exciting to, to see you taking the recognition of the impact that we can have on just one person and making it scalable. And I think that that's incredibly exciting. Your website though, too, and what you're doing, it's more than coffee. Your swag is incredible. The <laughs> caffeine deficiency diagnosis mug. When I saw that, I laughed out loud. This <laughs> is a right. mug for people just so we all understand all of the stuff that physicians do we have to code it with what's called a diagnosis code. And these codes, they look insane. There's, it's a mixture of letters and numbers and decimal points, and they're nonsensical and they change, but they're really important. And it's how you tr keep track of problems. But there are some really, really, really unique and nuanced diagnosis codes. And I learned through your website that caffeine deficiency has a diagnosis code, T43.616A. That is the medical diagnosis code for caffeine deficiency. And it's on a mug and you sell them. That's brilliant. 
I just thought it would be clever to have kind of a little bit of mystery behind the mug where, you know, nobody was going to know what that code is, totally. even a doctor. But yep. if you Google it, you know, you get the joke right away. And the idea that you like pour the treatment into the cup, I thought was clever. It's so smart. It's so layered <laughs> and it's just fantastic. I, I do want to just kind of draw out because you and I have a shared love of coffee as well at a, at a different level. You talked about one of the things with your deliveries and your subscription is that the coffee is freshly roasted. Now you, right. you like to roast your own coffee at home. I like to roast my own coffee at home. I've been roasting my own coffee for 11 or 12 years now. And I have a very difficult time drinking coffee that I didn't roast myself. <laughs> when people ask me why it's not just the flavor, it's not just the, the fun. It is that freshness. And the, the way I compare it when people ask me is I say coffee is like a loaf of bread. And it That's will right. peak and it will deteriorate. So for you, when you talk about coffee and you mentioned that it's freshly roasted, how important is it for you, for your customers and for anyone to just understand that sense of your coffee is a living, breathing thing and that freshness actually really matters? Yeah. So again, when I was looking into starting this, doing my market research, I went to the supermarket like everyone does to get some coffee. And all the coffee on the shelves has been there for months. And, and even when they do have a roast on date, oftentimes it was two, three months prior. It's old. Absolutely. And, and they have all these like these little gimmicky things like um, uh, one-way CO2 release valves that right. are supposedly right. increase the freshness and they vacuum seal the bags. But I think if you take a scientific approach to all these things like you would in medicine, you say, well, it makes sense, but does there actually any evidence that a one-way valve improves the freshness of the coffee? I had a lot of trouble finding any whatsoever. A lot of theoretical risks, you know, the idea being if you roast coffee and like within minutes you put it in a bag and you vacuum seal it, right after the coffee is roasted, it's releasing carbon dioxide um, and so the, the thought is that if you seal it in a vacuum sealed bag, the bag would explode. I personally have never experienced that. I've never seen that happen. Um, and the other, so they put these CO2 uh, valves on there to try to prevent that. But if you let the coffee rest as it's recommended after you roast it, which is basically just sits and cools for a little while, that's never an issue. And on top of that, the, the most bags are not vacuum sealed. So some CO2 would get out regardless. And I've also seen criticism saying, well, yeah, you let out CO2, but you're also letting out a lot of the aromatics of the coffee. So anyways, long story short, uh, I was like, well, there's a big uh, downside to a lot of these coffees you buy at the supermarket is they're very old. And I never appreciated this before getting into the coffee business. But if you taste, uh, you know, one coffee within a week or two of its roast and then you, you take that same coffee and you wait three, four months and then you try it again. I mean, it's like a totally different drink. It's undrinkable. You know? It's absolutely it undrinkable. It I've done the same work and it's, 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 it just changes your whole perspective on what coffee tastes like. It, it, it is like, wow, that is, that is not nice. And exactly. it, that, yeah. it goes from like a drink that has an inherent flavor in the, in the liquid itself. That's right when it's fresh, you know, and, and it, there's this like this scent that I also had never experienced before. Uh, when you open up the bag after it's roasted, certain, especially like the African coffees, like the Ethiopian or the Rwandan, there's like this 
like chocolatey, depending on the coffee, but either a chocolatey scent or a floral scent is just very striking. Like you're like, wait, a coffee smells like like chocolate or a coffee smells like citrus. It's really strange, but it's very, very, you know, enjoyable. So I, I really try to focus on that as one of my main points with the coffee that we have a roast on date on all our bags and we try to get the coffee to you within a few days of its roast. So I think that's another one thing that really separates us to it, some degree. It definitely does. And as I was hearing you talk about that, there is a tradition in coffee tasting that's called a coffee cupping. Right. And I've hosted a couple of them. They're really fun. And basically what you're doing is you brew, you, you roast different coffees. You try to have the timing about the same. So they're all, you know, kind of at their peak somewhere between 48 to 72 hours after roasting, give or take. And you do aliquots of coffee in all the different cups and you just walk people through the steps. So the whole bean, smell it, appreciate it, grind it, smell the ground bean, same thing. Add the water, let it sit, and then you smell it and do the same ritual again. And then you do the best part, which is the breaking the crust. And that's where you get that like angel's breath. It's this whiff. It's oh, this yeah. ethereal moment. Everybody gets their own because each cup only has kind of one moment of this and you have to time it just right so that you're inhaling as you push your spoon through that layer, that crust on the top of the cup. That is transformative. Nothing on the planet smells like that moment where you push the spoon through that crust of coffee. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yeah. Cuppings are, are interesting. I mean, it's a lot like whiskey tasting, but yes. for coffee drinkers. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, I live in Northern California, so it's like wine tasting. Same wine thing. tasting. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So your yeah. site also does something else that I really appreciated. It does introduce people to home roasting and I'm a huge advocate for it. I get all of my stuff from a company in Oakland called Sweet Maria's and it's sweetmaria's.com. The, the guy that runs Sweet Maria's, he goes to the farms, he buys direct, but they have all the incredible instruction on how to do it and what to look for. But you have that same thing too, is part of your mission to help people appreciate roasting their own, doing their coffee rituals different than they used to in the past? Well, I don't know about roasting your own. I think that's kind of difficult to ask, but definitely how you grind the coffee yeah. and how you make it, I think is, it's very important. You know, if you think about from a company's perspective, you know, if, if you order the most expensive coffee from Blue Bottle, which is something like, I don't know, 30, 40 bucks sometimes. Yep. Um, and you take their, you know, freshly roasted coffee and you grind it, you make really large ground and then you make it like in a coffee maker, it's going to taste like brown water. And then you may associate that with the blue bottle company, you know, never buy their coffee again. So that's one aspect. But the second one is, you know, it, it took me many, many different trial and error to really figure out the exact best ratio for the coffee, in my opinion, that where it tastes the best you know, as, as you know, Mark, um, if, if you grind it to, let's say an espresso grind, then you make it like a, a cold brew, uh, the, the, the amount of time that the water's in, in contact with the grounds, it's so long compared to this fine particles that you're going to get such a strong, potent, like un um, just a coffee that does not taste good. That's super strong. It's yeah. It'll be kind of flat and, and exactly. uninteresting, right? Whereas vice versa, if your grounds are gigantic, like for a cold brew and you make it in a coffee maker espresso where the, the hot water just touches the coffee for just a short period of time, it'll be super watery. So 
I just wanted to try to simplify that process as much as possible. I've seen some companies that uh, refuse to grind the coffee for the customer based on the fact that it will the freshness doesn't last as long when you do that. But I'm under the philosophy that that's ridiculous because a lot of people don't have a coffee grinder and they just want some coffee. So we we will grind it for you free of charge, uh, whatever you want. How You just have to tell us how you make your coffee. That's such a nice touch because we want to also get this to the people where they want it, get it to them where they live. You know, we want to give a high quality product, but we also don't want people to feel like we're being snooty about it. And I agree with you that exactly. look, if, if, if someone says, can I please have my coffee ground? Of course you can. And let, yeah. let me do it for you. So it's exactly right. Well, how do you like to do your coffee? Oh, I like a French press. Okay. I'm going to grind it for you thusly. You know what? I like to pull an espresso shot. Very good. I'm going to grind it differently. And most importantly, I'm going to use a really, really good grinder, which most people don't have that will not right. scorch the beans as it's grinding. Cause obviously the grinder is going to give off heat. I'm going to do it right. right for you. And I think that that's awesome. The other thing that you have is you have a one minute and 20 second video clip mastering the pour over on your site. And there'll be links to all of these things on our, in our show notes. I, I, it might be the single best coffee related <laughs> clip I've ever seen. And I've seen a lot. You're in your white coat. You have a bar cart behind you. The la- You've got the, the caffeine deficiency mug is in front of us. If my recollection is right, please correct me if I'm wrong. I think you're wearing gloves. Uh, I'm not wearing gloves. Okay, but I, I thought I you may have been we- all the like. I'm trying to impersonate basically an 18th century doctor slash waiter. Maybe that's right. And at the bottom of that is the quote from uh, the physiology of taste: "This Satan's drink is so delicious that it would be a pity to let the infidels have exclusive use of it." It's just so fun. You just, you, you add such a layer of romance. And, you know, we talked at the beginning of the show about why it's more than just a caffeinated beverage. Your approach to this, I just love it. I'm smiling as I'm talking. It makes it so fun. It's so accessible. And, and then there's also a purpose behind it. And I just think that's really exceptional. I really appreciate it. Yeah. You know, the video and everything else, I've really tried to, like I was saying, to get people to transport back to the time to really appreciate what these doctors and nurses have done. I mean, it's so simple for us now to click a button and order a chest X-ray, you know, an Epic literally takes two, three clicks and in, in an hour or two, it's there and it's red. But the amount of time and energy and discovery and, and decades of research and that, that went into that, it, we just do not appreciate. And it's, it's a really nice, uh, it's really good to just sometimes take a step back and think about, wow, this was like, you know, decades of billion, probably billions of dollars before we were able to do these two clicks, you know? And I like Um, that, that there's a sense of romance and there's a sense, a real sense of history. And as a history major and as a historian, I really appreciate that, that, you know, it it does connect us to all of those really, really intelligent men and women that laid the groundwork for the medicine that we get to practice today and the work that we get to do today. But we're also connected, not just through the science, but we're connected through the drink. We're connected through coffee. They were drinking coffee then too. You know, in the mid-19th century, coffee was incredibly popular, and it was everywhere, and it was ubiquitous. And and I really like that approach, that we're we're linked to the past, not just through the technology, not just through the shared purpose, but also through the delicious drink that we have while we're doing it. That's right. That's exactly right. So as you're moving this forward, this is going to, you know, if I could buy all the stock in Fio Coffee, I would buy all the (laughs) stock in Fio Coffee. What's happening? What's going on? What's the vision? How is this going to progress? Yeah, so I mean, 
my ultimate goal, my mission statement is to um, tap into the significant portion of the coffee market, which right now is about 400 million cups of coffee per day in the U.S. alone. And you know, at the same time, there's over a billion people around the world that can't afford healthcare due to cost. I mean, we're talking like basic costs, like $250 for a hernia repair or a mass removal, or maybe $1,000 for some sort of tetralogy of fellow repair. I mean, not extravagant cost by any means. And so uh, every day is just working towards that goal, trying to get people to switch over essentially to field coffee. So I'm working on different ways to expand. We have Now we have subscriptions where people can subscribe for four months and get a discount. We have merchandise. We have coffees that we're continuing to expand. We're trying to you know, reach different markets. I think ultimately our, our main customer base obviously is medical professionals, but we want to expand to everybody. I mean, a good cup of coffee is a good cup of coffee. So I, I really just want to create a sustainable pipeline of healthcare funds funded by people who like to drink coffee. I think that would be really cool and sustainable. You know, if I, if I go to you and I say, hey, I have a charity, can you give me some money? You know, maybe you'll give me some out of the goodness of your heart, but that's not a sustainable solution to this problem. You know, I can't keep coming for you to you every week for money. So instead, if you can create a win-win solution for everybody where you as a consumer want fresh coffee, you want delicious coffee and you buy it. And at the same time, you're directly funding someone else's healthcare. I think that is really cool. When someone comes to FioCoffee.com and they're, they're going to, they want to jump aboard, Mm-hmm. All of your all of your products are wonderful. They're all delicious. They're freshly roasted. They're curated. It's all done the right way. What's the foothold? Where should somebody start? Maybe someone who feels like, you know what? I, I feel like I want to just up my coffee game, but I'm not really sure. Maybe I'm I'm just trying to figure out what I like and what my palate is. Where would you want them to start with the with the things you have on offer? Yeah, well, in terms of coffee, I think, you know, it's always hard to choose a coffee just from reading a description on the website. Yeah. Um, I think in general, I think about it as dark and light roast. If you if you're one of the persons who really likes like the dark roast at Starbucks, or you like that like really harsh like smoky flavor, then maybe you should start with something like the Butterfly, which is one of our most affordable coffee, but also just kind of a dark, uh, good intro coffee. If you're one someone who likes more nuanced flavor, you like the looking for the citrusy notes and things like that, then. I would recommend like the the Norepi or the Hippocrates Oath is really, really nice. That's probably where I would start. Uh, You know, also you can go to, we have these coffee boxes um, that are really cool for gifts, um, but also for yourself. Like, for example, we have a pour over box. I was going to say gifts are fine, but like, you know, give the people what they want. I need some coffee. That's right. (laughs) So we have a, a pour-over box where you get a nice instruction, right. you get the coffee ground pour-over style, you get a pour-over, you get filters. So it it really can um, make it so simple you know, for your first coffee experience. I, I think that that's just such a fun way to do it. I've got you obviously on the list for, for Hanukkah and for Christmas and for birthdays <laughs> and, and for all of those good things because obviously I have a lot of friends that drink coffee. And just to be clear – I don't have any stake in your company. I don't have any stake in Fio Coffee, but your success is all of our success because it means we get delicious coffee and it means that there's a purpose behind it. And I think that that's really, really exciting. And I think that that's, it's really important as well. 
how do people Thank find you? Thank you so much. Yeah. How do people find you? If people hear this and they say, okay, I'm ready. I'm, I'm going to up my coffee game. How do they find you? Well, just go to feocoffee.com, P-H-E-O coffee.com. And you can, it's pretty easy to navigate from there. Also, if you want to reach out for personal uh, suggestions from our company, you can just email us at info at feocoffee.com. We're also you, pretty you're on Twitter as well, right? Yeah, but not very active on Twitter. Our main platform is as Instagram at feocoffee, but we're also on Twitter at feocoffee. This has been great. This has just been so much fun. I'm actually almost done with my cup. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good. Me too. Wired. Me too. Yeah, good. I'm ready to I'm ready to get after the rest of the day. I'm gonna just put in one request for when you're looking for the next thing to roast, the next blend or the next single origin. I'm a huge fan sure. of all things pea berry. And so for those Ooh. who may not know what a pea berry is, about one out of every thousand coffee cherries, the bean is tiny and it's it's different. And they're maybe a little bit more expensive. They're usually like ten or you know, ten to fifteen percent more per pound than mm. the standard cherry. But the pea berry flavor profiles, they're just bananas. When I roast them and give them to my friends, they're like, I don't actually don't know what I'm drinking, but I love it. <laughs> so if I could just That's put in a awesome. plug for something in a pea berry, I'll buy it. I'll buy them up. All right. I'll see what I can do for you. Mike. There you go. <laughs> Larry, this has been such a treat, man. Thank you so much. It's been such a fun conversation. I've been wanting to talk coffee on the podcast since I started the podcast. We have checked that box. Fio Coffee is awesome. Thanks so much for coming on the show. Thank you. Happy to come back anytime. Outstanding. Thanks so much, Larry. Thanks. Thank you for listening to Explore the Space. Visit us on our website, explorethespaceshow.com. And please subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Follow us on Twitter at ETS Show. And you can email Dr. Shapiro by writing to mark at explorethespaceshow.com.